Hello, 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 and welcome back to the hottest podcast on the motherfucking block. It is Touch the City. I am Fax Mercury currently and 90. I got five on it because we out here wearing masks, personal protection equipment. <laughs> Make sure everybody's safe. And of course, I'm joined by the, the butter to my bread. <laughs> the goat. <laughs> the t- again twitch man because now he's uploading the clips and you guys get to see the greatness at hand when he touches the shooters yes sir you already know man the boy twin 4k in the flesh you know black shroud with the aim bot you know what i'm saying turn around 360 headshots quick scope <laughs> you know you know it's, it's it's all natural for me it's all natural for me you know i'm just out here i'm blessed i'm happy to be alive on this you know lovely uh, spring day, I guess you would say. I, I don't even know if it's yeah, like, it's, nah, it's not spring, summer right? yet, so it's still it's not spring. Yet. It might, I don't even, what are seasons? What are seasons, <laughs> exactly. In New York, we don't really have seasons. We have like the short transitions between like really hot and really cold. That's it. So, right, like we might, some some years we really don't get spring. That shit will go mad cold. You'll get like a week or two of 50, 60, all of a sudden it's like 70. Yeah. And you're like, okay. <laughs> and you just got to deal with the shit. And you got to deal with it. Yeah. You know, some days you might like, you literally wake up, you might have to throw on the fucking snorkel jacket or the big ass fucking North face. And then the next day, you, you know, you might dead ass be outside with some t-shirts and some shorts. Like it's, that's really New York weather. It's crazy around this time of year. How you, how, how was your week? Or how, actually, how was, how was the weekend? Cause we had the, extent, how was your week and the extended weekend since technically we got the, the Memorial Day. I mean, I'd be inside all the time, so it ain't nothing different for me, but <laughs> um, I mean, my week was pretty good. My week was pretty good. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of just self development, I guess you would say. You know, just working on my craft, whether it's you know I'm doing the video clips, just like you said, actually practicing. You know, on in World of, I said World of Warcraft, but like Modern Warfare and Warzone, and like getting my gaming in, and you know, trying to like at least get better, so it doesn't. You know, like people don't want to watch somebody be trash on Warzone, so. You know, yeah. you definitely got to, like, get your practicing in there and, you know, allowing that to to create creative work for me and, like, programs like DaVinci and, you know, allowing to push my video creation on the side and shit. I've, I've actually also been fucking building PCs left and right like crazy. So that's just yeah. been fun in general. <laughs> I've been definitely taking advantage of the quarantine and just kind of brush up on my techie skills. I, I really do do love that. Um, this weekend, though, I mean, I actually didn't do too much. We did barbecue, um, barbecued with the family up the street. We did our best to social distance. It wasn't like a massive party. Like, you know, you see it out in Lake Ozarks. They was going crazy. They were nuts. They was, they was going nuts. I mean, you know, us, we just sat down, uh, you know, wifey's family. We live you know, right there, yeah. too. So, you know, we, we live like, right there. So, you yeah, know. Not yeah. even like, you know. <laughs> Yeah, we not we literally not leaving the 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 cul-de-sac. Exactly, yeah. it's a it's a dead end street, <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, that's that was it for my week and uh, my weekend. How about you, bro? What, what did you get into? Um, shit, what was the week like? The week was all right. I, I again, we we every time you ask me like how was my week, I be forgetting. Yeah, no, nah, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> but the weekend was good. Friday, the uh, I was just chilling. Saturday, uh, what do we do? Went on our walk, came back after uh, the wines and shit. You know, we had the Zoom call. Uh, yeah. What the fuck did I do yesterday? Uh, I got chill. ultra well, swavy, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sunday, because we were like, all right, we, we had the plan. Like, all right, it's Memorial Day, but we can't really barbecue. So we'll just do the fake barbecue. So I made burgers and then I made hot dogs today. And we just we just had ourselves like a 
inside Memorial Day type deal. Uh, my cousin nice. had a, like a Zoom gender reveal party. My sister set it up. There was like 20 people. On, and then we, like, we had FaceTimed after. And it was just mad funny because it's like you got all these old people trying to figure out Zoom. And they're like, <laughs> my sister had to like forcibly mute everybody and be like, okay, Lindsay, you please do the reveal because everybody's just floating around. Like they have no idea what the fuck is going on. But it was mad. It was, it was very bizarre in the sense that like, wow, this is like our current reality. This is not going to be forever, but just to, you know, like this is how this is going to go as far as these type of events for the foreseeable future. Yeah, so, like something that would have been like a family gathering is now relegated to like, hey, and, you know, you got people trying to be like, hey, how's it going and have conversations is like, well, if you really wanted to speak to me or anybody here like you could have hit them up prior to this. Just, you know, don't try to use this shit in this excuse now. Be like, how are you doing? Like, you know, you had all the time in the world before this fucking call to fucking, <laughs> you know, <laughs> speak to these people. Um, But yeah, other than that, um, it's been good. I'm looking forward to. This week, because uh, um, some people hit me up for music-related stuff, so I'm excited to like just try to... Because uh, I've been making music in the last week, or I guess this entire quarantine, like for me. So like sometimes if I, I enjoy working with people, or I enjoy like the shit that they make, and they're like, all right, let's collab, or let's do whatever, I'm like, okay great like this gets me going because i'm like i fuck with them i know what they're looking for or like it, it it brings out a certain type of uh part of me when i make music for somebody else so i'm like all right i'm pulling out like these crazy threads and i'm like ah, i'm just making heat for them i'm like this is this is good this is good so it, that's been something good to look forward to so that's that's really been my few days okay no that's i mean that's dope as shit i mean you you hit on a, a couple of things i mean between the zoom call i mean i i, I think i told you i've been doing the zoom calls with yeah, my family doing, yeah yeah once a month and I, you know that in itself has been an experience because you know like you just just like you said you know you're meeting with fr- uh, friends and family like all over the world or you know all over the different states and you know, different countries and shit like that and it's just crazy you know that this time has forced us to <laughs> at least utilize technology in that way. You know, it's so crazy that, you know, a lot of adults, you know, like, cause my father, he'll actually host the meetings and he, same thing. He won't actually know how to control the meeting. So he's constantly <laughs> muting and unmuting everybody. And, you know, like he'll try to like have everybody speak and kind of say their piece, but then, you know, dude in Nigeria get on the phone and it's just mad loud in the village. Like, you know? <laughs> like it's just crazy. Like, you know, so this is, it's just funny. Like the whole situation, you know, I'm happy at least to still be able to see them, that everybody's well. You know, that's obviously the most important thing. So I, I just love that, you know, that it's at least forcing us to, at least forcing the older generation yeah. to that at least learn technology. That is always pretty cool. I'm yeah. always down for, for shit like that. Um, And yeah, now nah, you've been busting out the facts Fridays, of course. Like, that's just in fuego. I've been fucking giving that shit the car test. As soon as, every time you drop, I just get, go to the whip and I'm blasting that shit in the whip, giving it the car <laughs> test immediately. So... Oh man, nah, I'm definitely pumped to to hear what you got coming next. Like, uh, I probably won't uh, do anything this week just because I'm gonna focus on that. And like, I have some stuff, but it's just not really enough finalized. I mean, who knows? Like, sometimes I'll just get in the mood and I could just fucking bang out whatever I want to bang out in like the day if mm-hmm. I'm like really dedicated to doing it. So who knows? I might have that day and still end up doing a, uh something for Friday or this Friday. But as as it stands right now, and probably by the, by the time you guys hear this, like it, you know. If you don't see anything on your feed Friday, like, you know, don't be surprised. It's yeah. still going to happen. I just might skip this week. That's it. 
Oh, no, nah, yeah. I mean, shit, if you're doing collab work, I'm definitely pumped. I'm pumped for collab work, Facts Fridays, either or, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, if it's I'm, Facts, I'm we on mix it. Too. And so when that for, or that's the other thing. I'm doing a mix for a radio show. So that would be cool, too. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd have to send that, but that's like to, almost like July, practically. Like early, uh, late June that they're like, all right, send it by that. So I'm going to bang that out and then send that. And then when that goes up, then, you know, you'll see me promoting it and they'll promote it. So that'll be fun. Oh, okay. All right. Now, facts, facts. That's lit. So, yeah. Um, so, let's, yeah. let's get into the topics. Let's, let's get into some some the, the the filler topics. Let's get into some ball, man. Let's we, get some ball. We're we, we missing the NBA even as the weeks go on. So Yeah. Post, post MJ Doc, we don't got no content, nothing, not, nothing to fight over now. So, you know, it's really just it's the debates right now. That's what we're really on. So, what do you want to get into? Because we got um, the two ones, but... Which one do you you think is better first? <laughs> um, I, I guess you know what. Let's start off. You know what to to kind of like follow up with the whole MJ debate doc. Like I, I guess let's start off on the conversation of NBA All Decades list. I guess because I you know there was a pretty interesting one. I, I don't even have it in front of me, but I just know I, I think I remember the names that was on it. Like the NBA's all decade list that they had for 2010, man. Yo, they really had Draymond on it. So they really had Draymond yeah. Green. Let's see. NBA all decade first team. Oh, oh first yeah. team is okay, okay. I'm actually not too bad with this. Steph mm. Harden, um, obviously Braun, KD, and Kawhi. That's first mm. team. Second team is Chris Paul, Russ, Anthony Davis, Blake, and Melo. Mm. Um, third team is D Wade, Kobe. Damn. Rip Kobe. Uh, I have to say that shit every time I see Kobe's name. Yeah, nah, it's crazy, um, bro. Paul George, uh, Marcus Aldridge, and Giannis. What? Wait, and which? Who made that list? What site is that? This is NBA.com. Oh, oh wait, okay. this is from last year. Wait, wait, wait. My, my oh yeah, I was about wait. to say. I was just like, yo, that's a... did it. ESPN did there. It, it was ESPN, right? Okay. I well, think okay. if it wasn't ESPN, then it was Bleacher. It was one of those two guys that did that, but. NBA all decade list. Let me let me get that in front of me. But I just remember seeing Draymond's name on it. And it just really made yeah. me want to have that conversation of man, like, yo, is like, yo, is Draymond actually that good? Or is he just easily the most overhyped NBA player, honestly, of the 2010 decade? Like the 2010 to 2020, 2020 decade. Like, is I mean? he the most hyped player without question? Like, I don't know if anybody was more overhyped than Draymond. Let me. Oh, all right. ESPN said they posted. Where the fuck is it? Yeah, let me see. Yeah, they probably. Really sure. They probably had to remove that man because honestly, people was tight. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, honestly, I was disgusted too when I seen that. Um, I was like, bro. Uh, yeah, we could. Uh, so I personally think like, well, that what's crazy is like because I think people give him. Uh, also, so it's like a combination of things. I feel like his breakout year was the year Kerr became coach. And Kerr decided to say, you know what, Iggy? Like, I love you, but I think you'd be better on the bench when we'll, we'll start Draymond. So, mm. like, that in and of itself, like, the fact that their success came when he got inserted into the starting lineup. And then that 2016 season, he was just putting up crazy numbers and shooting really well from three and stuff like that. And then as the years go on and he doesn't have that, like, his numbers are starting to dwindle. But... Mm. For me personally, I think, yes, he's overrated. And that's not to say that he's not a fantastic player. But in terms of all time, like, you know, power forwards or even players in general, like the way some people are saying, like, 
I mean, he's better than Charles Barkley, or he, you know, he he, he could guard Shaq. Like you, you guys must be out your fucking minds to think your fucking mind <laughs> to think that like he's good, but at the same time, like he's a product of the system that Golden State, and he is the system. You know, like he he mm-hmm. he benefits from it, and he he helps to make it. But at the same time, if that system doesn't work for him, he doesn't do anything. And we see when Stephen Clay sit or even the years after outside of 2016 where everybody's shooting like 40% from three, he shoots like 27% from three. Mm-hmm. He's horrible. And like yeah, he's, a, he's, he's a good defender. He's a great defender. And he could he could guard one through five incredibly well. And that's not to take away from that. But it's just that the level at which it's been like mythicized that he can just withstand like the test of time is just crazy to me, especially when we have like an all-world defender in Kawhi already. Like, to me, that's the guy that I look at his defense and be like, that's going to stand the test of time. Because yeah. to see him do is just nuts. <laughs> like, the kind of defense he plays is just, like, completely smothering. Mm-hmm. No, nah, I'm, I'm in a complete agreement there. Like, you know, because I've actually even found the list. I'm looking at the list right now, and I was actually doubling back to Bleacher Report because they followed it up with another one. So, mm-hmm. like, this is the list they have for the 2010s. They had Steph Beard... Oh, well, Beard for James Harden, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and Draymond Green. Like, that's crazy. I, you know, I don't know. That's a, it's it's just a crazy name to throw on that team. Like, I I understand Draymond was the glue guy to Golden State. Like that makes sense. Like in Golden State, he fit this system well. So you know, like I I feel like Draymond has been the ultimate beneficiary of like the the Spurs curse which is you know you get plugged into such a great system or you be you're a part of a system that you just work really really well in and it just makes you look like you are some all-time hooper yeah. like Draymond Green is not, I, I just really will never ever be able to give him that credit I just don't see it like, you know what? it's like his individual accolades just don't hold up in the same way yeah and I, I think that it's, it means a lot like 14 points and yeah. like of course was playing with two other guys and he had 14 7 and 9 and that's not bad but like at the same time like when he's given his own opportunity it, it does not manifest to that yeah it doesn't even man it, yeah like when he's given his own opportunity it's terrifying that he can't even manifest anything it's almost he, he gets worse by himself so it's just like what like th- you're the only superstar i know of then that gets worse by themselves like typically you look you know, your scoring numbers are supposed to go up. Your usage goes up. You know, your efficiency may drop off a little bit unless you're like Kevin Durant or Steph Curry. For some reason, their efficiency goes up as they take more shots. But, you know, like that stuff doesn't even happen. None of even the negatives happen. None of the positives happen. Like like Draymond literally just can't score. He won't be able to get assists because he doesn't have all world scorers next to him. Like he can't crash the board and get rebounds because everybody is is clearing the paint to, to go- cover the shooters and everything like that. So his numbers just overall fall off. Like, his game is trash without all-world talent next to him. So to me, I just, I could never understand why they go ahead and and say something like, you know, that he can guard all, like, these different five. And, and I think it's kind of like the Patrick Beverly situation. I'm a big fan of Patrick Beverly. I think he's an all-world defender. I personally, I know some people tend to say that he doesn't do anything. Like specifically Russell Westbrook, he actually came out in an interview and said it like, yo, he he just don't be doing he just be doing a whole bunch I, of nothing. I stand with Russ, man. <laughs> Fuck Patrick. <laughs> nah, nah. And I respect that. Honestly, Russ, Russ got it like Russ, honestly, between the bad blood and Russ yeah. cooks him every single time. Like they match up and Russ be burning him. So he he is supposed to feel that way. I think that 
that's a lot of what Draymond does. Like, we how, come on, we does we actually be seeing Draymond shut anyone down? I've never seen that, honestly. Like, I've seen Draymond shut down maybe some some whack talents, but down. And it's like the way I view him is in this weird way of like you're an all star, but also like I view you as like if you have a team and you need like the best, he's like the best starter to ever mm-hmm. to, to play. Like currently, like meaning like, are right, you have all stars, superstars, Hall of Famers. But like if you're looking for somebody to be like, I don't need you to be in like the superstar of the team. I need you to be a starter. I need you to be the best starter. I need you to be the best. Like you said, glue guy. Like I just need you to do whatever needs to get done mm-hmm. in like the way that he does it. And it's just like it just he's so he's good. But it's just like when you consider other people who have filled that role, like if you were trying to sit there and be like, oh, he's comparable to Dennis Rodman. Mm-hmm. It's comparable on a very, very lesser extent because when you look at Dennis Arm being a glue guy, but also the fucking rebounding that he was doing, and yeah, he yeah, didn't have he was a titan that that, that Draymond had, but the shit that he did and what he was comfortable with doing was that good. You know, yeah. it's like Draymond, Draymond's what is the the epitome of what's the saying: Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, exactly. Jack of he all trades, army switch knife. Yeah, right, right. Better than you know the best players or whatever they do. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, that, I, you definitely hit it all on the head there. Like, you, you know, you're speaking to the fact. I guess when you consider his utility, that's what makes him such a valuable pick. Um, you know, like I guess you know, you take Dre out of that lineup. You know, you got to fill in LBJ, KD, James Harden stuff. Like, you know, who else can fit really well? I mean, personally, you know, instead of playing, because actually, you know what? This is my problem with that because. Actually, and it spins on to the second article because they had the All-Decade Awards and they they said the best defensive player from the 2010 like to 2020 decade was Draymond Green. And like actually, I'm opening up the article here. I'm gonna scroll down. You know, a lot of the stuff that they spoke to was saying things like, "All right, that, all right." So this, let me read this. So it says three main candidates: you have Kawhi Leonard, Dray, Draymond Green, and Rudy, Rudy Gobert. Now, obviously, Green's ability to place a center and switch across five different positions. Like, they're saying that's what makes him the most dangerous, like, defender, I guess, from that era, from the last decade. But yeah. to me, it doesn't really make sense. Like, because when you throw a Gray- Draymond Green on, like, an Anthony Davis, what used to happen? He would get killed. Like, when he was playing up against massive bigs that could put the ball in a hole, whether it was DeMarcus Cousins, whether it was Anthony Davis, you know, even the Dwight Dwight Howard probably for a while was killing him. Like, like I don't know. Like, I feel like small ball, like, worked up until last year, like I feel like small ball really wasn't a thing anymore. Like it, I think I don't if you know have if- a big or somebody at a higher height, uh, yeah, big. If you have somebody that's really tall but still has that amazing skill set, then it mm-hmm. completely invalidates small ball mm-hmm. because small hey. ball is trying to keep the mobility and be able to contend. But you have fucking guys like Giannis and Luka Doncic and all these freaks in nature that are like seven feet and can do all the things that the smaller guys can do. So you're like, well, how am I supposed to stop that? And especially if you don't have the length to do so. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I'm fucking reading this thing and I, you know, their argument against Kawhi is, you know, Kawhi obviously has all hand, all time hands in NBA. And obviously he's a conventional wing that can shut down anyone. Like, but he can't guard a five. And I'm just like, all right, so like it, are you serious? Like, just because Draymond Green is switchable, you're going to say, oh, yeah, he's the best defender. It depends but he's on not what value. Like, yeah. It's if you value, like, the versatility one through five or, like, you value guarding one through three and some fours, but, like, lockdown, lockdown. Yeah. I guess, you know, I, I guess I could definitely... I, I understand I guess where that's you're going. The, but it feels like, to me, like, Kawhi Leonard's peak defense is fucking, like, holy shit. Like, yeah. he's, like, thinking of what you're doing before you're going to do this shit. 
Yeah, in his prime, it was it was pretty scary. I mean, what we was watching on the Spurs, where he was just like shutting people down and really preventing. Well, remember the preseason, and it was like, oh, this it was the after the twenty fourteen. I think it was beginning to be like Kawhi's team in the preseason. He they played um, OKC when KD was there, and the Knicks when Melo was still there. And I mm. and he blocked their shots coming out of their hands like back to back games, and I was like, bro, I never thought I would ever see anyone block Kevin Durant's shot coming out of his hand. Yeah, and nah, he he's had some I, incredible shit. Yeah, like because even you know what is an iconic play by Kawhi? I think it was his final year in San Antonio. I think he was playing in the Sacramento Kings, and it was like yo, he ripped the ball out. Yo, from um Ben McLemore two times, he just abused him, son. That was like jail ball, bro. Like, <laughs> bro, he you don't really- ever see. <laughs> And it's just the fact that he got the stone face, but you see him be like, yo, give me that shit, little boy. Yeah, give me it. Like, just give me that and let me finish and one. Like, yo, oh, man. And that's why I guess, you know, I was a little like just, I wasn't, I guess I was more hurt that like, come on. I feel like they always have been doing that. There's been this thing between Draymond and Kawhi. And, you know, they did try to get Rudy Gobert in there for a year or two. But like it between Draymond and Kawhi, like, you know, they've given this dude too much credit, and I, I feel like I think he is an all-world defender. I'm not going to disrespect him. He definitely could defend basketball way better than I would Im- like, could ever imagine. It's not even a question. Oh, but, man, you know, I'm, from the spectator's view, like, I, you know, I can only give my honest opinion, and I just feel like, yo, like, Kawhi is going to be a great defender whether or not any of his talent is around him. Draymond literally was getting himself ejected from games because Steph and Clay were injured. Like, he didn't want to play without that. And, and you know, their defensive was, rating was complete shit. Like, it's... It was waxing uh, Golden State that year. And then he got hurt. <laughs> he, he was putting the hurt alone, basically. Yeah, yeah no, it's um, it's pretty much crazy. It's, it's, it's like, you know, like when you really just... I don't know. Like, I, I definitely I definitely would love to see I, the next decade who they're going to pick then. Because then I guess, I don't know, Kawhi might not ever get one. That'd be crazy if you consider him the best of the 2010s, uh, Draymond. Then is Kawhi going to be the best of the 2020s? Or who right now is the best defending? And that's crazy to me to say that, like, because basically what you're saying is uh, Draymond's five years of being, because basically it's five years of him being a world defender versus Kawhi Leonard getting the finals MVP before Draymond got into the starting lineup, bro. Yo, thank you. Thank you. LeBron would be like, oh, Kawhi checking in? God damn. You see yeah. his face, look back, I'm like, fuck. Like, yeah. I want to say fuck. Like, I, damn, like, I'm going to have problems and give him problems. And he gave him, gave LeBron peak Miami LeBron when he was like 260. <laughs> mm. running around. And LeBron, 260 and running around doing whatever he wanted. And, he was and just Kawhi like, was just a young boy doing whatever, exactly. Shutting him down, talking about, nah, I'm here. I'm the king. <laughs> like, and did that shit and got finals MVP at like yeah. 22 or some shit. <laughs> nah, that's a, it's, it is crazy. Though. I mean, I get, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess it is what it is. I guess that kind of like spills into the next debate. You know, they were doing the all decade teams. Um, and I'll kind of leave that alone, but then they actually started comparing a lot of players. But the one comparison I think that is actually pretty interesting and I think is is a very good debatable argument is the Harden versus Steph debate. I don't know where you sit on that one. I know um, Harden used to be an OKC boy, so you guys you guys go back. So, yeah, all right. It's like, damn. How do I describe it? It's like, if do you value, like, damn, oh, shit. It's like, all right, Steph is consistent and can is the, the best shooter we've ever seen. And it's like, on the opposite hand, James Harden 
can not be consistent at times, but also like when he's playing at a high level, it's like no one else plays like him. When he plays at that high level, you're like, what the fuck? And it's like Seth's the best shooter, but it's like hard and just completely like control. Like, I don't even know how to they they have they have the same effect on the game, but in different ways. Like Harden mm. being a point guard when he's like, you know, legitimately doing his point guard shit is 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 absolutely crazy. And they both can demoralize you. And it's just like, but Harden, like, I guess Steph, you know, decides to turn it on or like plays more passively. And Harden does too. But it's like when Harden turns on, he, he gave us 60 point games. And who the fuck was the last person to score 60 points? Mm. Um, I think I think did Dame do it this year? I think Dame did it this Dame year. Dame did it, yeah. I think it, there yeah. was a few people, but it was Steph like actually might have. Wait, Steph? Wait, not this year. I Maybe last Steph, year he did that. He did sixty. I thought Steph was still had like fifty. I thought his still his high scoring game was that one in the Garden when he was younger. Oh, uh, maybe you might be right. I I thought I remember the, there was that week where him, Katie, and Clay literally put up like fifty, Clay did 60, sixty, and. I think Clay yeah. did 16 and three quarters. Yeah, his best, his career best is still that 54 in the garden. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I would have expected like stuff to kill that already. To wow. kill that. So, Jeez. but I guess but Harden had that 60 point triple double. That's when it was like, what in the fuck? <laughs> like, to do all of that <laughs> in yeah. one game. Is, I don't know. No. I, I want to say Steph because I think it's, it's the fact that like him, as a player is what he does is he's the absolute best all time at what he does. That's what it is mm-hmm. to me. Like he is the best shooter. And there's, there's absolutely, I, I can't sit there and think or even contemplate like who could possibly be, uh, be a better shooter than Seth Curry. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that, that's what I'm valuing. Just the fact that like what he does and like his skills or like his primary skill set, he's the absolute best at that shit. Mm. Now I, I I think um you you definitely speak on very good points at least you know because they t- I've always had that argument and it's so funny this conversation came back up and I just thought immediately back to I think what is it 2017 I was in Jamaica actually with Tune Cheyenne uh, Dallas actually and my family like we we were actually on a vacation and literally you know me and Tune got into like a very bad argument about Harden versus stuff it was like you know one of those barbershop conversations oh, that you're yeah, not supposed yeah, to have yeah. on vacation like so he was just like about to trade blows over it and it, you know like we it, a lot of this this uh the shit you said was pretty much said like you know they're pretty much the same talent except you know what does Harden what does stuff do that Harden can't do? And, and you know, I guess that is kind of where a lot of Harden fans feel like they have that argument. You know, obviously he could put the ball in a hole from three. He's tougher, can physically take more punishment, uh, can get to the line at will, can fill it up. He's a scoring machine that's unstoppable. You know, and I even see some of the arguments that I was looking on Twitter today. You know, okay, like when Harden got to to Houston, literally Houston became relevant again. And, you know, that was the truth. I'll never forget the yeah. trade. And then the first game, he had 36 on, like, a triple-double, basically. Son, that entire it, stretch when he, like, those first 10 games, I was like, whoa, what? Yeah, nah, I thought he, yo, that shit was crazy, bro. He was averaging, like, 40 that first week. I was like, yo, it was like I was like, yo. seven and sevens, eight and eight. I was like, yo, son. Yeah. Yeah, I think he had 40 his first week in Houston, for sure. He had 40, and then I know he put up, like, a 36-point game. He had a couple 30-point games and at least one 40-point game in that first month. That's a good point, though, about that they can. And I guess that's a good point when you think about, all right, if you were to take Steph Curry and put him on the Rockets, does he produce to the same extent? The way Mm -hmm. Harden does. Like, Harden is like that 
those that that type of LeBron where it's like, look, I'm gonna do what the fuck I need to do to to do this to put my shit on the line, you know, like to mm-hmm. do it. And maybe he doesn't show up as much, and is you know, Harden unfortunately gets that that bad rep that he doesn't show up in games. And you know, I mean, there's games that you look and you're like, oh man, what the fuck were you doing? But mm-hmm. but to you know game or you know when remember chris paul got hurt what was it a year or two ago and they were mm-hmm. floating on by like eighth seed or whatever and he's he was still just fucking putting up absurd numbers and he's like mm-hmm. he's that kind of player to just you know throw it out there when he wants to and just constantly you know affect the game and will you to wins because he has that skill set to be like all right i'm gonna distribute i'm gonna do this i'm gonna get to the line i'm gonna get points on the board it might be ugly to you but if i come away with the w i don't give a shit Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, it, that's a that's yeah. a fact. Like would, that, I think Steph do the same thing in Houston. Uh, I mean, you, and he you know what? The same way if he doesn't have that, I, I think you know what it is because I kind of liken and I liken like Harden's debut in Houston to when Steph like Steph Curry first came on scene. Like now the Steph Curry I remember I, don't, I actually don't remember what year was he? Did he come in the league? Oh nine or ten? I don't even remember. It was one of those two years. Oh nine. Yeah, he came in the league, I think it was like 09. And I remember like going into college, like my freshman year. I think that's when Curry started having his breakout. Like, yo, Curry is here. He's here. He's arrived. Like, he's putting up these numbers. Cause, you know, like, and I think, you know, when you think about the Warriors' success and you date back to 2012, 2013, I believe when they lost to probably the Clippers, I think first round battling them. Or was it the Nuggets? I know. I remember they had one year where they played the oh, Nuggets, battle yeah. with the Nuggets. That might have been like the. Oh, let me, let me see. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna double check that out right now. But I know they played the Nuggets one of the years, and they got bounced. That was like a crazy series that they battled in. And then they had the series where they played the Clippers, and then lost to the Clippers. And you know, they pretty much went through a lot of the growth. I guess it's kind of what I'm trying to get at. Like they had a lot of that growth period. And when you saw them going through that growth period, although Clay was there, and I think Draymond was there, David Lee was still there, you know, you had a lot of that older Warriors team that they just weren't the, the destructive Warriors that we knew. But yeah. Curry was the face of the franchise. Like, you literally knew the Warriors because you knew who Steph Curry was. And I felt like just like you can give Harden the credit of, okay, he made that franchise relevant or the, re- the, the franchise is relevant because of Curry. Like, you know, like you really have to give him that same car- credit at least on the Warriors side of things. Now, when you talk about the production, production aside, I think Curry could do it all. I'll be honest with you. I, the one thing that I don't see Curry ever doing is being a free throw shooting machine. I don't think he needs to do that because his game allows for him, like rather than, you know, Harden, you know, you don't want to give him too much space because then he could blow by you and then get that contact, probably end up at the rim and one, or he's going to, you know, try to fake blow by you, get you with the crazy step back that creates like six feet of separation. And then he has an open uh, step back three. You know, Curry doesn't have to do all of that because he just has that limitless range. So, you know, you when he's coming to half court, you have to come and guard him at half. You know, you stretch that half court defense from the three point line over to half court and beyond it, like that really changes the dynamic of how teams could defend you. So yeah. like, you know, when you're looking at a Warriors offense or like, let's say a Rockets offense and you take Harden out instead of that downhill attack and dish offense, you know, you might have a lot of the same with Curry, but yo, bro, imagine if everybody's standing on the outside with Curry, like standing at half court, like they got to, like the, the amount of spacing 
is going to be yeah. even greater than whatever Harden could have created. Like, yeah. I, I really have that belief. That's a point. I think it's, you know, like, you have to look at Steph, and it's it's hard to look at Steph in a vacuum because as he grew, the team grew. You know, mm-hmm. like, it wasn't just him growing at the same time. It was him and Clay growing. It was him yeah. and Clay and Harrison Barnes. I mean, he didn't really get that much better. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, a valid and, point, though. You know, like, everybody else grew around him, so it's not like you could look at him grow and, you know, Clay was also shooting threes at a, a similar clip. Maybe not, you know, the fancy off-the-dribble ones, but he was still hitting them at a very high rate. So it's mm-hmm. like they grew up as a duo in the way that it's like you never got to see what one person could do without the other. And, you know, one or two games doesn't really give you a good, you know... Uh, experience as to how good they would be without that person. Mm. So it's kind of no, hard true. to view as that. And it's like that's not to take away from what he's doing, but it's it's also you can't ignore that the team is incredibly beneficial to his style of play. Having someone else shoot at the same level as you do has to take off pressure, even though they're picking you off from half court, knowing that that your defender is probably like, yo, I got to stick on him, but also, yo, some I got to make sure my man's is sticking on clay because if one of them get open, we still get hit with a three. Mm. No, that's a that's definitely a fact. Like and Harden I, just was doing that shit, and you know we. I what's crazy is like we see Harden hit more like dead eye type of threes. I feel like mm. I I feel like I see Harden hit more like yo. It looks like he has no space, but he still hits the three with a hand in his face like nothing. I feel like yeah, I nah, his his Harden. game is so strange to me, man. It's, I'm telling you, it's like right? it, like he has the speed of Joe Johnson, but the quickness of like fucking D Wade. It's inc- I don't even know if that makes sense. Like he no, literally has the handling speed of Joe Johnson, but the decision and split second decision changing of his speed this, is like D Wade's. It was this fucking article, and it was talking about like sports science shit, and it was talking about like Harden has the fastest. Um, like transitional speed, meaning like his, it's almost like his first step is like in way. Yeah, I, heard, I, I think I read that shit too. And he, like, his first step is the fastest one in the league. You know, it wrong was on that. Doing that and like the how like the speed of like he 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 purposely dribbles a lot slower and then you know like puts his foot down and picks up that speed like really fast. And it's, yeah, that's why it looks like he doesn't get much separation on the step backs, but also it's like he's lulling you to sleep. So when he hits that step back, you're like, wait, what? And then you're going to reach out, but the ball's already out of his hand. Yeah. And bro, it don't even be looking like he's pulling back to take a J sometimes, yo. It's so calm and collect like his yeah. speed, the smoothness is so slow. Like it looks like he's not even heaving, but it's such a uh like his ability to just put the ball up and and put it in the hole so casually and not like, you know what I mean? Like, he really lulls the defense to sleep. Like, it's a very, very strange game. And and that's why I respect it. You know, they I like them both. I, I, I won't lie. I hate the comparison because I do like both players. But, like, damn, man. Like, you know, that's definitely one of those. Those are two players that are going to be eternally tied. And it's, it's so crazy. Like, at one point, it was the Curry, LeBron James, and the MJ conversation that they had when he had that uh, MVP season. But yeah. his his comparable competition has actually always been Harden. I do feel Harden is kind of in his line. You know, they're both scoring machines that completely have transformed defenses, modern NBA defenses, modern NBA offenses. You know, Harden has pretty much, you know, shown you how to get to the rim at will whenever you want. He's he's cracked the code of scoring in the NBA. He knows how to get buckets regardless. Same thing with Curry. Curry just kind of knows how to. It almost looks like a video game for him out there. Yeah. I, I won't say he knows how to just get points automatically, but it's almost like he just knows how to completely take the 
yeah, the, your faith away from yourself. Like, yo, like, like we said, you see the, him coming, <laughs> was it the last episode or the other one? Like, he just having yeah. fun, and you just yeah. pissed that he's having fun. Yeah, you're just gonna be so upset as you see him casually smiling, and he's coming down with this like crazy lightning quick dribbles. He's going back and forth, like knowing that he's about to drop you. He's having so much fun, and you're just trying to keep up. And then at any moment, he steps back and hits you with a bomb three from across the world. Like it's. It's in crazy. It's 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 very crazy. I have like to say something about Steph's dribbles though. Like he's a, a, a one of it's got to be him and Kyrie as like the best handles in the game. But also like it doesn't look good. You know what I mean? Like Steph's handle I agree. He looks down, and I feel yeah. like he just looks like he he knows enough how to dribble, but like doesn't all the way understand. Like okay, like the, I'm and that's just an aesthetic thing. Like that's not to take away, but it just looks funny the way he dribbles sometimes. Like it looks mm-hmm. good, but it also looks like a kid trying to figure out how to do it. But he does yo, it. Yo, it's, you hit it you hit it right on the head. I think he does that a lot of that playground freestyle type of dribbling. Cause I mean even think of all his greatest highlights. Remember the one way he crossed up all of the clippers. The dude yeah. was literally doing what he felt like doing. Like yeah, right? it looks instinctive like dribbling. Like, uh, Okay, I'm just gonna move around he was you, like, you, he was you. Like, oh shit, oh shit, oh you, you, oh, 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 oh step back three. Like, <laughs> it looks like yo, if you were playing by yourself, that's the shit you'd be like, ooh, ooh, got him, got him. And but nobody's on the court, you just making that shit up in your head. Yeah, like you even see Steve Kerr's reaction on the bench. They always pan to him with the camera. You see him put his He's hands like, on his head. What the fuck are you doing, bro? <laughs> right. <laughs> And it just doesn't even make sense because then you see the ball drop and it's just like, bro, like, that's Curry's game. That's crazy. Yeah, He like, shouldn't get uh, away with it, but he does. That's that's how you describe his game. You shouldn't, there's no way you should have been able to do that, but he just did it. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I'll be honest, though. If I am taking anybody, look, that 35 and 5 season, 50, 40, 90, 73, without the ring, even without the ring, I seen that. I'm sorry. 409 s- threes. What? Yo, 400 threes? 400 threes? Look, I have 40%? never seen a season like that before. I, I, I've i never been blown away. I'm not going to lie. The only season that blew me away like that was seeing Russell Westbrook average the triple-double that first time. I was just like, yo, nah. That like, was both, this both of those seasons were just history. You were like, holy yeah. shit, we're never going to see this again. Yo, now that first one was fucking ridiculous, though. Because you, know you know what was real crazy about the first one? Like, that very first week. Like, similar to kind of how, like, you know, Harden, new team, he was by himself on the Rockets. Russell Westbrook, post-KD leaving, he's by himself. Yo, he was doing, like, first of all, I think the first week he averaged, like, a 30-point triple-double, clearly. And he was doing, like, game-winning dunks, game-winning, like, yo, it was Son, just like... For half the season, like, I would be out <laughs> doing whatever, and I'm like, oh, shit, like, I can't, I can't get to watch the game. But I would check in on the score, I'm like, damn, we're down, like, five. Then i check up again, and I'm like, what the fuck, we're up seven... And then yeah. it'll be like, yo, Russ went from 25, 8 and 8 to 47, 12 and 12. And I'm like, yo. Yo, it's like and at any moment, he just made. Yeah, he just changed decisions any night. Like, yo, all right, I need to score. I need to score. And remember when he hit, shit, he hit the game winner to eliminate, what was it? I think Denver Nuggets at the Denver. time. Yeah, oh my God, bro. That was and he was crazy like a 60 point triple juggle. Yo. That was a crazy way. He just, yo. And it was from a half court heave, like he said, not, and not even a half court heave. He pulled up from half court, he like yo up. game, like it's easy. He said, like, and that, uh, bro, like I those, was, those that, are that, definitely that the season, two most incredible I seasons. Cherished I've it because I was just like, son, this is incredible to watch. Because I, yeah. was, he was flirting with it, and it was just like, yo, and it was like, yo, is he gonna do it? Can he do it? And then he did it, like, but then again, he did it the season after. 
he did it the very body. next season. I, like, honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I know we're incredible like whatever too. about it, but he did it two seasons, and I like what? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm. I'll be honest. Like, I was definitely one of those people. I by the second year, I won't say that I didn't think it was impressive. Just, just knowing how real- they grade the MVP, yeah, exactly. How they gr- give out the MVP, I knew it wasn't going to be given to him. It, it just was no way. Like, it didn't make any sense. Like, they were going to give it to somebody else for, for stories. He did it for he, three seasons. Three seasons straight, exactly. Three seasons straight? What the fuck? <laughs> nah, yeah, to me, pretty much, he's averaged a triple-double a couple times in his career. Because even in, with the KD days, he used to be averaging, like, 24, 8, and, like, 7. Like, to yeah. me, that's a triple-double, bro. 2014, like, 2015 was 28, 7, and 8, and then 23, 7, and 10. And then like, what? 10, and 10. Then 25, 10, and 10. Then 22, oh, nah. 11. He's been, do- he's been doing triple-doubles the last five seasons, pretty much. Like, like without without even arguing on that like, one, and he was getting those. Tri- he's like third all time in triple doubles. Mm-hmm. Wow! Oh yeah, actually, what am I talking about? Because I remember when he was doing the triple doubles. Forget it. Like they had the uh, the year where they just kept doing the updates. They were consistently updated, saying, "All right, yo, he's here, here, and here." Like, and I just remember he passed LeBron, he's and I said, "Yo, two. excuse I'm me." Sorry, he's number two. What? He passed Magic. He has 146 triple doubles. What? That's nuts. That's crazy. <laughs> that is not, yeah, I'm like blown away. I'm like looking at this shit too, and I'm just like looking at basketball rec and like confusion. That's nuts to think about. Yeah, like man, and like I don't know, man. Tar- yo, Houston would have been dangerous, yo. Like now that I think about it, them coming back, yo, with Harden and Westbrook for the playoffs. Yeah, yo, if the NBA comes back, oh, because I like be crazy. Russ changed his play style for Houston, but that's that's for another day. <laughs> we got yeah, that's stuff. for another <laughs> one. Yeah, word. I forgot. We don't even want to forget about the second topic. Right, I'm right. looking. We 42 minutes in almost. Right, like. right. Oh, ball. My fault. If you still, if you're listening to this and you're still here, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, I know if you're not interested in ball, you're probably like, what the fuck is going on? Nah. Like, <laughs> um, but all right, so let's get into the the real meat of today. Um, mm. If you've been on social media and you're aware of what's going on and, you know, you're kind of semi on it, I'm sure you've seen the name Doja Cat Mm. and the current controversy that's going around, basically, that she is that black friend that the white racist people talk about and that she hasn't tried to hide it. And she's even going so far as to, you know, make songs with ancient fucking, um, racial slurs and but but to a point where it wasn't you know trying to call like to it wasn't trying to be you know on some lupe fiasco shit or like some five percent or shit like yo i'm bringing attention to this but as like a joke and like you know people you know bringing up massive amounts of evidence and being like yo like she's done this and you know and i i even saw an article going back like last year 2019 you know saying that you know explaining why she was doing those things you know like and so what are your thoughts? But we'll get to the larger point of what, you know, I think it, it what this should, you know, I guess bring up. But yeah, mm-hmm. what, what, do, what do you think of just seeing somebody like operate in a white space as a black individual, but also that they, they, they assimilate or they choose to say, you know what, like, I'm going to try to assimilate into this by, I know these people are, you know, racist or X, Y, Z, but however they were brought up or whatever life experiences they had has has led them to a point where they're like, you know, I'm just going to let this go on while I'm present. Uh, like flat out, straight up, transparent, it disgusts me. It's, it's one of those things that just, you know, it makes me sick to my stomach. 
you know, because it's it's a lot of it's just primarily like so it's just wrong. Like I I almost don't even know what to kind of say like out of my mouth when it comes to seeing situations like that because mm-hmm. you know as a black guy that operates in predominantly white environments because you know if, unfortunately the 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 world in itself a lot of corporate America things of that nature even the job force in general is is white dominated. If you want to like move up in any like profession typically you're going to look up and see the leadership as predominantly white dominant and you know you'll find in those specific like um circles those specific environments that a lot of it is like a boys club or like um a familiar group where you you have to you're going to see some things that you know you may not be comfortable with but you know when you see somebody like Doja Cat for say and you see her like partaking in that or allowing that shit to just kind of go on in front of her and then in certain cases like I, I'm not even really certain blatantly like taking part in some of the shit it's kind of just disgust it really disgusts me it's just kind of like yo like how could you like like how can you be a black person and even think that's okay and like but I guess, like, you know, it's not even a, a, a thought of her thinking that it's okay. It's like, it's clearly yeah. self-hate. Like, this is a, somebody that, you know, I want to, like, outside of the the bodaciousness that she gets from being a Black woman, like, you know, the physical, um, um, the physical attributes that come with being a Black queen, like, you know, I, I don't think she really wanted to, be, she doesn't want to be Black. And it's, it's just clear as day. Like, when you can sit there and make a song called Didn't Do Nothing, like, Bro, like you, you clearly like are just so like out of touch when it comes to just like I don't know reality. I guess I would say because you know I I can't even it's it's hard to explain these things. Like I really do feel like these are almost conversations, and that's why I love having the podcast. I love having the platform, and I love having these open conversations not only with you but with like viewership and any of the listeners. Like you, you guys get to tune in and kind of just give your opinion and 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 um chime in with us about just you know, how do y'all feel about this? How do you see this? And and when you see this, how does it make you feel? Because for me, it just makes me sick to my stomach. I almost do not know what to say sometimes. I don't even know, like, I almost lose hope. You know what I mean? Like, as a Black guy, unfortunately, like, it's one of the things that you can't do is lose hope because, you know, you look back at the, the thousands of generations, the hundreds of thousands of people that have died, you know, whether it's slavery, segregation era, you know what I mean, Jim Crow, you know, for any like pretty much subdivision of racism or some subset of it, some falling out from it. Anybody who suffered from that, it's like, you know, like to, to to see that still going on in 2020 and to see people playing on that, or, you know, you, you're making fun of the, the, um, what is it? I think, what was it? The Mike Brown, that was the Mike Brown situation. Yeah. Yeah. Like to even like, didn't do like, come on son. Like, and it's, there's nothing positive that you, cause when I see that, I'm not going to lie. When I see that comment, didn't do nothing. I'm telling you, I get very hateful thoughts in my mind. Like, and and that's just who I am. Like, you know, I try to like, uh, I try to contain those thoughts. I try to like do better of at least, you know, not allowing myself to fight fire with fire. Like, I really just don't believe in that. You know what I mean? I don't know if necessarily, you know, uh, a, a peace is the solution when you when you're dealing with those type of people. But you know, you don't want to necessarily fight fire with fire because I'm telling you, the type of fire that I feel like when you you know that this dude was killed, he's unarmed. Yeah, like and I'm ready for warfare. I'm ready for warfare. And for yeah, like and then and then Doja Cat to come in here and talk about she's making a song and then you trying to try and spin it, 
nah, you know what you was doing. You know what you was doing. And then especially when we can go on 4chan and all these white supremacist sites or wherever you was on, and you you sit here performing for the, the people's like, come on, bro. Like, I'm just so... I Honestly, I'm, I haven't even been a fan of her. Like, I really feel like she... She she was like a troll act. She got on like for trolling. Like she literally was the moo girl, like the cow. She was like dancing, acting like an animal. I never thought that video was cool. She was a beautiful woman. Like that, that is literally I understood kind of what attracted everybody to that video. But like you know, now that you just everybody can kind of see who she is. Like I just you know I don't know. I am really at a loss of words, bro. I I, I completely uh, am just disgusted with with her and. You know, I never supported her, and I honestly hope she is canceled. You know, I'm not a fan of cancel culture, but I do hope that she doesn't get the support that people like Cardi B or maybe people like Meg, you know, even people like Nicki Minaj in certain cases. Well, actually, I don't know. Nicki Minaj, she got a a, a pedophile brother that she supported, yeah. so fuck out of here. Fuck Nicki Minaj. But, <laughs> you know, Cardi B, valid. Meg Thee Stallion, valid. Any of these people, any of my people of color queens, um, you know, fuck Lana Del Rey, you know what I'm saying? Like, God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she over here talking about no bro she makes 50s racism music she makes 50s let's have a milkshake and when the negro walks in let's all spray, uh, hit him with a hose and then sick the dog <laughs> that's the kind of music you make so Facts. sit there and talk about this kind of shit that, that's a different thing I don't know what the yeah. fuck is bugging with her but the Doja Cat mm-hmm. is crazy because I think this is the first time well one you have to note I think the most important thing is that She's not the only one that's doing this, you know. This is this, mm-hmm. she's indicative of a larger uh, um, issue at hand that there's tons of black people out there of across the diaspora that are doing that. They're trying to assimilate into these white spaces, and mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, she had a black father that left her and was raised by a white mother, and that's no excuse for her to be fucking violently, you know, virulently racist as she is. But that's what contributed to that. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it sounds, you know, the way it looks is that, you know, the black father wasn't around and the white mother got to talking shit and probably was like, these Negroes ain't shit. You know, and all of a sudden, you know, she carried that shit with her mm-hmm. throughout. And, you know, when I read that article, she had discussed about, um, you know, trying to, to integrate herself into that by, you know, that edgy type of humor. And we've all, you know, me and you, you know, we, we're into shit that probably more often than not, you know, there's a good uh, subsect of black people that are into it, but we often don't see that. So more often than not, we are going to find more white people that are into it. So when you operate mm-hmm. in white spaces, you see that kind of edgy fucking humor. You know, you play games, you run into this edgy shit. And so, you know, at a time that was not necessarily more acceptable, but people were, you know, that you ran into that more often. You ran into that edgy type of humor where it was like, you know, saying crazy racist shit. And we all had to fucking deal with that shit. Because we couldn't avoid it. and But there's mm-hmm. a difference between you're trying to do something and you run into it. And then you actively going to seek that out. And you trying to say like, oh, I'm going to be the cool black person. And, you know, I'm not going to let it offend me. It's just a word or it's just X, Y, and Z. But, you know, the fact that she, you know, it's not even like, <laughs> there's, of course, different levels of racism. But like a casual racism. You're talking about these alt-right, I'm calling for fucking ethnic genocide incels that are you know you're this is like the worst of the worst that you're going and finding these people and you're just you know 
doing whatever, shaking your ass, like whatever you're doing for them. But the fact that you were interacting with these people and I saw this fucking thread earlier was like, oh, there's no, you know, these are all allegations. Oh, how, how can she be racist when she's got a picture of Grace Jones in her house? Or look, uh, when it was MLK's birthday, she put a picture up of MLK. And I'm like, these are the worst fucking examples of this person can't be racist because they're doing X, Y, and Z. And but mm-hmm. yeah, we see so much of this. You know, there's she's not the only black person or mixed person to you know operate in these spaces and decide to assimilate rather than go against and decide to say you know i'm going to to let this i'm going to be uh, quote unquote tough skin you know i'm not going to be sensitive because apparently mm. being sensitive is the worst fucking thing in the world oh you, you everybody gets so fucking offended easily no how about more often than not the shit that comes out of people's mouth is actually offensive to somebody but mm. you know, we don't like to discuss it because it's like, yo, you got thick skin, you know, no, no, no. You got to let that shit go off your shoulders. No, it, it's actually beneficial to say, you know what? That shit is, there's a problem with you saying that. And there's so much shit that we say on a day-to-day basis, or I try not to anymore, but things that people say on a day-to-day basis that it actually is harmful. But, you know, we try to normalize it and brush past it. And if we're not in that group, that marginalized group that gets affected by it, then we don't care about it. But that, mm-hmm. that's fucking wrong. But now you have somebody who, you know, is in that marginalized group that's getting affected by, but decides to say, you know what, I'm not going to get offended by that. And you, okay, you do whatever right. You do whatever the fuck you want. I don't really care. But that's just indicative of a larger problem that you have some black people deciding to say, you know what, I'm going to basically side with white people on the race war. I'm going go yeah. to go side on the race war, knowing that they view you, oh, oh this is a good one. You know, they're, they're not like the other ones. But that shit can't push the shove. You getting grouped in with the rest of the black folk. You getting grouped in with us. So mm-hmm. what's your point? You know, like you're doing all of this basically tap dancing, you cooning. And it ain't it ain't worth a fucking damn for what for the approval for the white man's gaze, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. And that and I I'm I'm at the point with you where it's like I have no words and I'm just tired of shit. And you know we've seen you know we got fucking thousands of years practically of racism going on, but it's just like we're at a point now where it's like ugh, you know like come on really someone else. Yeah, like that, and that's just kind of how, like, you know, I really felt when I first seen it. And, you know, just like you said, it it just opened that broader conversation and it always will jog my memory immediately to, just like you said, you look around you, you look at the people, I, I don't want to say you know, but you just, you, you look around at other people of color that you know that are kind of partaking in a lot of that same stuff, whether it's, you know, just like trying to survive in those spaces for whatever your reasoning is, you know, I, I can understand it. Obviously, as a professional, I, I understand it. Sometimes I find myself in those positions and I'm just trying to, you know, get a, get out in and out just so I can collect my money. Now, you know, for her, like, it's it's different, you know, like, it just feels so different. And, you know, it just that broader conversation of just, you know, like, why I don't know why, like, why do black people feel or some black people feel the need to just and, want yeah. white acceptance? Like, there is a difference. You, you were, you're absolutely right. Cause you're in your case or anybody who works in a predominantly white space, you're not there for them white people. You're there to get your chicken and go home. And she go home. Yeah. Find these shit and be like, hello, my white friends. Like, yeah. Like just together. Like she just genuinely wanted the attention. Like, and you know, I was watching certain video clips, man. And it was like, I don't know, like, I guess the guys were like talking to another girl in the room and you could just see the facial expressions. I don't know. Like she was just doing weird shit. Like to me, it just like it, it really just comes off as like, bro, like, you know, I don't know. Like that that's just a really nuts situation, man. It's a really nuts situation. 
that, you know, I hope more people of color in general, or like, at least, you know, if you're a person of color like that, finds yourself like, you know, having an identity crisis. Cause that's what I really feel like it is. Like you truly having an identity crisis that like, you don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be who you are. And mm-hmm. like, you know, you really need to seek, you need to seek that. You need to sit down and have an honest conversation with yourself and really just find like, all right, you know, those people that you want this attention from, like, do you, like, one day, are they even healthy for you? Because, like, for you to feel that way, to me, it's just kind of like, That's you know, black people them didn't make Doja Cat feel unwanted. Trust me. I feel like they're the last people that would have made her feel unwanted. Like, if anything, I feel like... Right, like, oh, my God, Stan Doja Cat, black queen, X, Y, and Yeah. Like, I feel like she blew up literally from her association of black Twitter. Like, and it wasn't even her association. She's a black woman and that was on Twitter, and, and people got excited for that. Yeah. She had a niche and she was making music and they were like, oh, look, see, black women can be diverse. They can make X, Y, and Z type of music. And she was filling that niche that people were looking for. Yeah, like, it's it's just like, I, you know, I don't know. Like, and then when you look at that same type of situation, like, you know, amongst just like our regulars, it's fucking, it's just crazy. Like, you know, like, I, I just hope that none of my friends are out here doing things like this. Because you're right. Like, I think the difference between, you know, even our the people we know or maybe somebody local doing it and then somebody like Doja Cat is like, yo, Doja Cat is making millions of dollars to to be a black representative. No, not really to be one because I don't like appointing anybody to be something on that's behalf how, of their, that's their how, race. That's that's the equivalent of that pedestal. You know, like mm-hmm. that's why I say stand nobody because the whole purpose mm-hmm. of, you know, you put these people on fucking pedestals. The moment you find something out, and that, that yeah, no, before I'm just gonna do a quick tangent. That's that, that's mm. why I have a problem when people say like cancel culture because there is no culture. It's the fact that people, the, the same people who put them on the pedestal, or people put them on a pedestal, and then you know you find out some shit about them, and then you take them down. If you didn't fucking put them on a pedestal, then you won't have to say I'm canceling them or I'm X, Y, and Z. If you don't fucking stand nobody, and you just take their art at face value or whatever. And then if they turn out to be a shitty person, okay, cool, whatever, then that's it. But there's no, you know, that's what it comes down to. It's just these people get put on a pedestal and everyone's like, oh my God, they're so great. I love what they're doing. And then all of a sudden, you know, they find out something about them and it takes them off that pedestal. If you just treated them like a regular person, which everyone is, then you would have no problem. Not to say that, you you know, whatever you find out about them is going to be any less worse. Or, you know, even if people didn't stay in Doja Cat, that's not to say, holy shit, this isn't a fucking issue. But you wouldn't have this whole fall from grace type of situation where it just seems like, oh, you know, everyone's just completely, you know, done with her. And But the, the, the larger point, I was just, that was the side tangent. But I was just trying to say, like, in her case, and a lot of people's cases is, is the mixed dynamic. And there's nothing wrong with being of two races, but it's a lot of times you get fetishizing. You know, if it's a a white woman and a black man and you have a child and that child ends up being Doja Cat and she's hating basically her blackness, then I can guarantee you it's that fucking white parent that isn't basically fetishized that black parent. That, you know, Mm -hmm. got with the black parent, you know, they married X, Y, and Z, but view them as the exception rather than the default. And so you think, oh, this is the the, the exceptional Negro that I found. Like, fucking- mm, that's a very good word you use. The exception. So, so you you basically, you know, they they prop this up, but and they have their child, and now that child comes out, and they're they're trying to dismiss that blackness. We see it all the time on Twitter, where you know you have these people fetishizing 
you know, these mixed babies. Like, oh, I want a baby, you know, light skin, green eyes, curly hair. You're fetishizing. You basically are fetishizing the child because you want to fucking, you know, go find a black person and then have that child to look like that. But if it doesn't come out like that, I guarantee you there's going to be a fucking problem. I guarantee yeah, exactly. that parent's going to have a fucking issue with that. Yeah, yeah. I did. I do remember seeing on uh, Twitter one time there was a I think it was like a YouTube couple. And I remember it went viral like this girl. She had like the baby in her hand. And then they were like, oh, yeah, he's going to have like her, his like hair and his like lips or so. You know, it was like a lot of black features. But like the mom was like a light skinned, like black girl. Like she was damn near white. I'm assuming she was mixed white and black. And she was like very like nah she, you know this the girl better have like a lot of my features I don't want her to have the dark this and dark that and I'm like right bro, are you serious see? like so you see yo, the self hate is incredible it's crazy yo. and you see just how that works and you see that dynamic that where it's out. right and it could be a white man and black woman and you'll see that exception you'll see and time and time again like more often than not you'll see that it's they they view them as the exception like okay you're one of the good ones or whatever and they whatever goes on but they instill that anti-blackness into their child and sometimes mm-hmm. you have good parents you know that of course they understand what goes on and they understand look i got a black kid i gotta teach them how, you know, I can't teach them, but I got to find them the avenues that they can understand that it's important that they know that they're black and they're proud of that. Other times mm. you just have that, that they're raised in a white household and, you know, whiteness is the default in this country. So they don't teach them that, all right, you're black, so you're going to deal with this or X, Y, and Z. So they just go along thinking whatever their parents taught them is okay. And they don't realize you're also operating in that same space as them, you know, like yeah. you not realize you are part of that group that you're actually fucking talking shit about. Yeah, no, that's that's a very like that's very very important, man. Like honestly, for anybody who's you know if you mix, you know, like please, you know, please, please, please understand, you know, every facet of your being. You know what I'm saying? It's very important. You have to. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. Continue. continue. No, no, no. You go ahead. Like I actually, I I literally was just saying that. (laughs) But yeah, I was. you ex- you you have to and like you know in my case like my mother instilled in me early and that's why I'm not you know and I know I, I come with a certain you know light skin privilege and you know a Latinx privilege that comes along with it but I you know like and I know like if I depending on who I'm around you know people are gonna question it but I'm, I'm I know what the fuck I am <laughs> mm-hmm. you know yeah. and I, I'm 100% am gonna stand fast in that and but other mm-hmm. than that you know that's all I can do but I'm I've never you know tried to be anti-black or x y and z and you know have worked on it throughout the years but you know my mother instilled that shit in me from day one but you have those households that don't you know you have those households that that shit just goes x y and z and then of course when you couple that with a culture that might be anti-black from the start then that child might be surrounded by that shit entirely you know let's say it's it's not just the one parent it's the grandparents it's the cousins it's the uncles and i i see that shit all the time and it's like but you have you know, a family member is that um, is of that race, but you still hear them talking that fucking rhetoric. And so that's how I know. I'm like, yo, I've seen that shit firsthand. I'm like, yo, you just view that as the exception. And, you know, mm-hmm. or you might even say, you know what, I'm going to push that aside because, I, I, you know, this is my sister's kid. And so I got to deal with that. But that person is not any less fucking a piece of shit or racist because of that, because they have, you know, somebody of color or somebody black in their life. And it, it's crazy. That's to me, that's such a cognitive dissonance that you can have that, that you can still be that way. But you you might love somebody or, you know, care for somebody that's that's black or a person of color. And you, you're still going to be a piece of shit. Yeah. Like to me, yeah, that's such a weird behavior. I guess. Very like, weird. So what do you. 
What do you even think? Like, what can... Like, all right, so this situation she found herself in, what do you even think she could do to come back for it? Because I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm, I'm so tired of supporting these type of people. I'll and be it, honest with you. Point. And it, I, I always view it as, like, anytime you're on the wrong side. We've all been on the wrong side. And you you take, the you know, the, the amount of time it takes to unlearn whatever you got to unlearn. I think mm-hmm. I... What I had to learn or... Basically, yeah, what I had to learn and uh, what I've taught myself is that when you're on the wrong side and you eventually work your way to the right side or, you know, and you become more understanding and empathetic of other people's and other people's struggles, you have to understand that, like, no matter what you you put in the work, but you can't expect people to forgive you for it. So mm-hmm. I think like when it when you do that shit, like we could all, me and you, we could be like, fuck Doja Cat forever, even if she decides to go and do on, you know, whatever. And that's not to say we're taking away from her redemption arc, but, you know, that you that's the consequences of what you said or what you did, you know? Yeah. Like, you can have your redemption story, but you still hurt people along the way, you know? Like, you can't expect people to just all willy-nilly, like, okay, you're on the, you know, you you un, you learned, you know, that the same thing. With, yeah, that's not how that shit works. Right, like you know, jail. You go to jail for killing somebody. All right, you did your jail time, and you're still in society, and you're doing what you have to do. But are you gonna fucking be best friends with the person's? Uh, you know, if you murder somebody's girlfriend, are you gonna go be best friends with that guy? <laughs> yeah, is no. That, is that guy you, supposed you, to forgive you, you for killing? Uh, it's been thirty years. Oh, you know what? I forgive you. Don't worry yeah, about it. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> no, exactly. Fuck that. So it's it's not up to that person to be like, okay, I, I put the work and everybody forgive me now. She could do if she wants, if she's serious about the shit and cares about it, you know, you do the work or you put the work in and you say your apology or whatever you got to do, but you, you can't expect people to forgive you. You shouldn't expect shit. You should yeah, you, just you know, can't expect like, nothing you know from that position. And so yeah. like, you know, I've said to, you know, I, I've unlearned what I had to unlearn and at that, if, if anybody says, you know what, fuck that. Like I, I know what uh, Justice said X, Y, and Z years ago. Okay, I know where I stand now, but I can't change that person's mind. And if you know, yeah. even if they see me, I, I got to be okay with that. And that's the that's yeah. me. That's a tiny price to pay for the the hurt that you might have given that person by saying or doing some crazy shit. In all honesty, like the fact that people go around expecting forgiveness for whatever the fuck they did, depending on what you did, is is kind of crazy, you know? Because you're trying to to me, it almost feels like you only are, are apologizing or undoing that because you want that person to be like, okay, I forgive you now. And, mm-hmm. and then go back and just be like, okay, I, I did that. Now I'm going to go back to doing what I was doing. Yeah. No, that, that is a fact, actually, because, you know, like, honestly, like, yo, you you really did just, like, knock that out the park. Like, you said everything that I'm thinking of. Because I'm, you know, a perfect example that I actually think about is um the whole Chris Brown situation. Like, bro, like, all right, he, comm- he, he put his hands on Rihanna, you know, obviously... Like, you can't make anyone... I mean, nobody can ever make somebody want to forgive Chris Brown. Like, bro, like, he has to live his life with that, like, around him forever. It doesn't matter what he does. He could commit his life forever and ever to to domestic um, violence, you know, awareness and things like that and do all the right things. But, bro, if, if, if a woman decides to straight up say, yo, nah, fuck him, you know, he's a woman beater, he did this, that, and the third, yo... That is the price you have to pay for what you did. And, and you did the things, you know, you no amount of time is going to change that. And, and some no, people exactly. do it differently. Some people are like, okay, he did it. You know, I feel as though he, you know, uh, learned his lesson or did what he had to do going forward. 
Mm-hmm. But sometimes that you know, uh, there's sometimes no amount of right that you can do to undo the wrong that you did. You know, you can always yeah. work to do, and you know that's like if fucking I know this is the crazy drastic example, but if fucking Hitler somehow lived through World War II, then started being a charitable fucking person, you think fucking six million Jews and the families that they had to survive are gonna fucking turn around and be like you know what Hitler, good job. You know, you donated a hundred million dollars <laughs> to to uh, Jewish foundations going forward. You think people uh, would be like, you know what, I'm gonna forgive this guy now now nah, they're gonna be looking for violence forget about it right. they're gonna be looking for smoke for hitler so there's, there's so many levels to that principle of like of forgiveness that you know like and people trying to say get over it like it happened like you know i feel like he's i feel like he hasn't learned his lesson because this motherfucker still be doing crazy shit then yeah he, nah he, he definitely didn't karuchi have to get like a restraining order against him like to me i'm yeah. like all right this motherfucker didn't learn shit but at the larger point is that like you just people can or celebrities or anybody who's done something you know, to hurt someone else, like, you really should not expect forgiveness. If you, and, you know, some people are still going to support you regardless. And we see that all the time, you know, despite people saying, you know, cancel culture, I hate cancel culture. It does this, that, and the third. Everybody who's, quote, unquote, been canceled, how many people are still fine? You know, people like to say, well, yeah. Kevin, Kevin Hart was canceled. Are, are we serious? <laughs> how much money is this motherfucker making? He, like he's still in like movie. 50 to 100 Hollywood million. doesn't give a shit. You know, just because a few people, like, you know what, I don't, he did some shit, fuck him, whatever the majority of people are are not going to care and that's the thing with cancel culture like or what it represents is more often than not like you're looking at a small subsect of people you're looking at twitter really right it's really just twitter it's a very it's the it's the literally the couple thousand of retweets and likes on the post from twitter worldwide that's the only place where cancel exists it doesn't exist on instagram facebook none of the other ones literally just twitter forever it just now it has a, a trendy kind of you know name attached to it but people have been like you know before and we might you know the allegations with michael jackson depending on how you feel about it People remember back then, people were like, oh, Michael Jackson's molested. He's a kid toucher. We used to see oh, yeah, the jokes can't play with that, that all yeah. the time. We used to yeah, see yeah. that jokes all the time. And people would be like, I'm not fucking with that. Oh, you mean the, the, the child toucher? So cancel culture, quote unquote, has been around. It's just now it has a trendy name. So people are attaching it and be like, this is this new thing. It's always been <laughs> around. You know, people have always done shitty things and people are always going to be like, you know what? I'm not going to support them anymore. So mm-hmm. that's not going to change and that shit is still going to go forward. But again, like, you know, you might be enraged because you see it so much on Twitter and you might not agree with them being quote unquote canceled. But when you go out into the real world, sometimes you got to realize, like, again, like you said, we're only seeing a tiny, tiny, a thousand, maybe a million people. But there's fucking six billion people on Earth. How many times like I might feel a certain way about Chris Brown and I'm like, fuck him. But I go out and people are like, oh, man, Chris Brown's a legend. This, that, and that. I love Chris Brown. He makes some mean music. And I'm sitting in my head like, what the fuck? But I got to sometimes sit there and remember like, yo, like the information I'm receiving, other people just have no idea. And so yeah. they see that one thing. And to some people, they're like, all right, X amount of time has elapsed and I'm okay with it now. So yeah. that's just the nature of the world. Like, you know, you might see some shit and you got to remember it's like a tiny portion. Yeah, no, that is a fact. Sorry, Doja. You know, I mean, look, yeah. I and I, you know, like, I think you think, like, I think you've you said it all. Like, you know, it, it really doesn't matter. I think you know, actually, you know, I kind of want to say this, but it it doesn't necessarily matter. You know, the gesture. I just feel like you know, or at least the length, or you know, you just apologizing. It's just what you do after you committed the offense and you've apologized mm-hmm. that does speak the miles. You're mm-hmm. right. So. You know, I don't want to hear Karuchi put in a, a restraining order. I don't want to hear Doja Cat, you know, 
doing something ever offensive again. I'm not going to lie. Like, and I still may never forgive her really for being on that bullshit. Cause that will always still come up in my mind. But to me, if she has like this perfect track record afterwards, I'm looking at her as a different woman. Okay. Well, she's changed. It's kind of like the prison system. You know, they go to jail, they come out, you hope they, they better. Like, you know what I mean? They say that's what it's for. Obviously we all know what the real, the prison system is. That's a whole nother conversation. But like, you know, you, when you come out, you know, they say you're supposed to be a better person. So you come out of prison and you know, you're just on the right track, you know, like a lot, technically the world's supposed to look at you different, but like they never, they never say the fact that you can't get jobs because all of a sudden you're a criminal on your 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 job applications and things like that. So you know that is life. Like the the notion that you know if you commit a crime, yo, that crime will stay with you forever. It's kind of like even you get in an accident on your insurance, that shit gonna be there for five years. Like yeah. they historical, like just your historical evidence of anything you've done, that shit will always follow you. And you know, I just hope that a lot of more people will. Like, look at this Doja Cat situation and just understand, nah, like, yo, me acting racist for my friends or me dancing, tap dancing for my friend, like my white friends, that shit is not cool. It's not cool at all. It's, it's, no, it's, it's, not. it's not. And like, if you're if you're surrounded and if you think or if you know you're surrounded by people that you feel like you tap dancing for or you're like, you're that token, but you also like, if you feel like you're that token and in, in the negative way where it's like everyone else you're hanging out with, you know, you hear like the kind of shit that they're they're saying and you you know they're trying to not say it to you, but you hear mm. how they'll talk about another black person or another person of color. Mm. That's a fucking problem. If you, you that's could, the problem. If you have if you can find the cognizance or he, he understand that you have the cognizance to be like, oh shit, they view me as the exception, go. <laughs> Leave. Yeah. Because yeah, that's not a good situation. Like you're you're surrounded by microaggressions that you might not even realize. Yeah, I want to I want to hope that nobody I know is dead like a token friend. I mean, because you know I know I know people obviously that are black that have a lot of white friends. And I look, I went to Albany. Like there was a point where I kind of had a lot of white friends, and you know I'm not I'm definitely not even against that look. But you you know like if you're in the room and they saying some shit that should not be said. Like, cause and it should, it should, not only should it not be said because they're not people of color, but because you're in the room. And then when they're like, "Oh no, you're different though," because I've heard that before. Like, I know that statement. Yep. Like to me, you can't say that to me no more. I might slap fire out you. I'm not gonna lie. Like, don't say oh, that shit no to me because you. It's a it's a backhanded. To me, it's just a backhanded it statement. Is. It's never yep. a compliment. There's nothing positive that could come from that. There's like, nothing. Nothing. So you know, if you're, any of my my peoples, you know, anybody out there, you dealing with that, yo. Get right, you know, get yourself with some people that look like you and or or like at least do the education, man. If if those people are willing to learn, you know, I'm never at least, you know, I'm never mad at people wanting to to get from their own ways. Cause people, you know, they learn from their parents. Just like yeah. we say, you know, their parents is passing that shit on, situations is passing it on. I think as a human being, you know, they should have that decency and not play dumb and be like, oh, I didn't know. Like, oh, you knew. You knew. You, you well, knew. I mean, or you're just really dumb. I don't know. Yeah. Humans are really dumb, though, I guess. Really like, dumb, or you knew, and you just, you know, you thought it'd be okay, but now I'm calling yeah, you Yeah, or you thought it was funny. And, yeah, you thought it was fun, and, you know, maybe you and all your friends are cheering you on, like, oh, yeah, well, we all talk about it, or all my friends is talking about, you know, F him, or, you know, at black this and black that, Negro this, didn't do that, like, you know, you might be saying that stupid little joke just to fit in, like, but, bro, you have no reason. You have no reason to to hate on black people. Just stop. Just stop it. <laughs> right. Like that's, that's like, get some help. <laughs> get some help. Just stop. Get some help. 
Yo, that meme is just mad funny. It's, just, something. it's something about the pause before he says, get some help. Like it's, it's, it's like he was waiting for the words to show him on the teleprompter. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, he was like, stop. Get some help. <laughs> yeah, because you know, because y'all love Space Jam, but he's a Michael Jordan is a terrible actor. So you know, yeah. definitely in them commercials, they were like, yo, Mike, read the teleprompter. <laughs> Just yeah. read this prompter. That's it. Read the teleprompter and you can leave. And he's like, stop yeah. it. Uh, Get some help. Get some help. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. But. I mean, I guess I don't know. That's that's really all on the, the yeah. Dozer situation. Actually, I had this um this thing show up on Twitter. I actually wanted to just throw it out there, man. Yo, this is two years ago today, man. My man's Drizzy and, and Pusha had that legendary rap battle. Oh my god, uh, infrared and uh and and what is it, Duffy? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that day was crazy. I don't know. I don't know if you remember nothing. That day. I, I, actually I remember was in Thailand. that day. I'll never forget that. It day. was. I was going to her graduation. And it was wild because I remember I woke up at like a certain time and I'm like on the way. I took I took like the B train or some shit all the way there. And I was running them back to back. And then I was listening to one of those podcasts I fuck with and they were talking about it. And I was just dying on the train because it was just mm. like, yo, this is crazy. Like, when was the <laughs> last time we got like palatable rap beef? You know, we're getting strong. Yeah. And then the story of Adidon came out and I was just like, oh, my God. Oh my goodness, yeah. That shit was incredible. Like, yo, I I, I literally like was mid-sleep in Thailand because I think it was I think it was like a 12-hour difference or it was some crazy difference in time, obviously, with the states here. But I just remember my phone was going off because we had the group chat and everybody's going off in the group me. So I'm shot out of bed and it's like 2 a.m. in Thailand. But I see that shit and I just started going crazy. I started listening to the tracks. I was like, yo, no way. Like I was like, oh shit, and- Duffy, okay. I was like, he. My son Drizzy, oh. my son Drizzy came through on those jazzy beats, man. You don't yeah. want to give him a jazzy beat to diss you. And he did. I was like, okay, that's not bad. And then Puss he was did just like, you were hiding a child. Stop being afraid and be with the go start a family, bro. That's basically yeah. what he told him. And I was just like, holy shit, like this is crazy. Facts. Yeah, he he definitely went for the kill shot with that. Because uh, it was like the, really uh, uh, Adi Don. It was like the first time, and I think it 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 uh it mystifies itself in a way. Like it was a decent track. But it was the fact that, like, holy shit, like, this is the first time we've seen a chink in the armor of Drake. Exactly. That's it was really just, like, whoa, we've never for. seen him take, like, an L like this. Like, no matter who he's gone up against, everyone usually sides with Drake. Remember, the, him and Joe Budden had the beef and they're trading little petty bars back and forth. Um, mm. Who else? There was, like, quote-unquote beef with him and Big Sean, I remember. There's like, yeah. they might be trading bars on that. But then this Pusher was like, you have a son. Sorry, I hate to have to tell people. <laughs> you have a child. And yeah, you've been hiding you're not. You're, you're not this bachelor that you try to make it out to be. That you know, Mister Ladies and Nah, bro. You a dad? Like, go home. Are you old ass dude? Like, <laughs> <laughs> call him a dad, and it was just like, yeah. Because what, what what did Drake say? He was like, uh, um, the uh, Let It Ring, like Virginia Williams or something. And he was like, Yeah, I'm getting married. Yeah. You got a child out here. What you doing? You should be like me. <laughs> my son said, yo, don't you ever... You said my wife's name? Oh, it's on now. He tweeted that shit. That was crazy. He said, bro, you said my wife's name? It's on now. Smiley face. Dude, dude put the sunglasses smiley face. Yo, you knew he he had that fire, like, really ready to let go on Drake. Was, but I just remember uh, somebody went on the radio, and they were, they were friends with Push or somebody, and they were just like, yo, Drake was talking about, yo, 100K, if somebody could get me dirt on Push. <laughs> yeah. And the guy was just like, yo, Push laughed because he was just like, 
100k is gonna get you nothing in these streets people are not yeah. gonna give me up for 100k like yeah push some change yeah he did the interview actually too um he did one with joe budden like and oh, he literally remember, he was he watched. brought up that he brought that shit up actually he said yeah tell me how my man's called me because you know like he said i'm known in va i don't like drizzy's calling around asking for dirt on push like they calling me. They hang up the phone with you. You talking about you gonna give them a hundred k, and then they pick up the phone. Yo, push. They offer me a hundred k for info on you. Like they, you, ain't, you ain't gonna find nothing on me. You ain't gonna find nothing on me. I run, I run my streets. Like I run my circles. You know what I mean? I'm not. I'm, you know, it's not like OVO. You know, I got people sleeping and telling because that's really what happened. Yeah, it wasn't yay opening his mouth. It's, it's like yo, it's, your man's was pillow talking. talking. Yeah, sorry, he's not pillow sorry. Talking. <laughs> It got my yeah, way to nah. me. Shouldn't have let it happen. And then he shouldn't have been talking shit. I had to let the chopper sing. Yeah. Yeah. Legendary, legendary moment in time. Yeah. That, that was, yeah, it really was. Cause I was just like, wow, rap beef. Yes. Rap beef. Yes. <laughs> Part of me that thrives on chaos was like, yes, this is it. The discourse it, is coming. And it was just mad funny. Cause I actually remember like the interview pusher was like, yeah, bro, you know, it's supposed to be Memorial day weekend, man. And I heard that Duffy, bro. I went straight to the studio. I was tired. <laughs> He got mad. He was like, yo, I'm, I'm ending this now. That's what he said. Like, so I, yo, can just I can just imagine like him viciously heading to the wife, And somebody yeah. just, yo, like taps him on the shoulder like the president of Secret Service and just whispers in his ear like, yo, Drake dropped up for him. It's a pretty bad day for you. And he just looks at his <laughs> wife and he's like, oh, honey, I have to go. I'll be back. <laughs> yo, that's what he said. It pretty much happened just like that. He said he just like, yo, immediately he had to leave the barbecue. So he just locked himself in the studio. <laughs> I said, yeah, son. My son really wanted the he wanted to smoke was push a ton. That, yeah, someone was saying like, yo, you should really not go and push because he he has like a few like dis dis things ready for each like rapper. Just like, okay, I know yeah. what to do for you, and I'm just you know, he just got him on standby. Like, all right, whenever you are ready, or if you want to get into this, I got this. So trust me, he didn't he don't he didn't get to be the president of good music for no reason. The dude is a calculated mind, like. You know, calculated minds are always the most dangerous. I mean, even Drizzy should know that. He's calculated himself, so... He came out, and he he's really, like, the villain. Because when you look at his brother, and his brother was like, yo, we were selling so much cocaine. You know what? I am malice. I'm becoming no malice. And I'm going to be a pastor now. Pastor. <laughs> I'm going to look for God because I need to cleanse myself. And then his manager gets locked up for drug ring conspiracy. Like, Crazy, bro. That should let you know they... <laughs> that's to let you know everything you need to know. Like the push yeah. the D shit is not just a cool name. He was really pusher Terrence. <laughs> like <laughs> they said pusher Thanos, son. I was like, damn. Um, what else? What do you suppose? I mean, he got the twist now, but that man was rocking cornrows for the longest time when cornrows have were gone out of style. What do you expect from a, a man wearing cornrows? Yeah, that dude got no. He got nothing to lose, bro. Nothing. He has to nothing lose. to lose. Facts. But, but yeah. So I think that's that's it for episode eleven. Yeah, I think that that's it. What do we got? An hour twenty in the bag. Hour twenty in the bag. That's that's a nice amount. We hit the the meaty topics. Got into yeah. it. So thank y'all again for listening. We rocking with us in the double digits episodes. We're gonna make sure we had some technical issues before this, but we rectified the shit because we dedicated to giving y'all the quality content. Feel me? Yeah. Hell high stop water. Us. Cannot stop us. They tried can't stop to, us, but we can't. Here. Yo, that's <laughs> on a ditty bop to that shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> Thank y'all for listening, and we'll catch y'all on the next one.